The information provided in this podcast episode is for education and entertainment purposes only and is in no way a replacement for a relationship with a licensed mental health professional and should not be considered or used as clinical or professional consultation. With that said, here is a taste of what you will get in today's episode. Yes, I am a strong woman, but strong women, strong black women, we cry, we get tired, we need to take a break, we need to take moments to ourselves. we need to not necessarily always hear what other people are talking about, what other people are going through, what other people want from us. We don't always need to be there for other people, okay? And a strong black woman shows up for herself, okay? Now keep listening to today's episode because there are some cultural jewels that I am dropping on y'all. And of course, thank you so much for your support. Enjoy the episode. Hello, welcome to another episode of Walk a Day in My Culture. This is a podcast where I help you increase your cultural awareness by talking about the daily experiences I have as a black woman. I believe by you all hearing my experiences, you can hypothetically walk a day in my culture, which will help you to literally walk on the path of increasing your cultural awareness. And if you happen to be a black listener, hey boo, I hope you feel validated and seen as you listen to today's episode. So with that said, let's get into the episode, shall we? Our episode today is entitled Black Maternal Health. What is up, everybody? How you guys doing? I know it has been a minute, but I really thank y'all for being patient with me and how frequently I'm uploading episodes. Listen, y'all know I got two blessings of joy. I say it every time I come back on here because it'd be such a long time before I post another episode. Um, And I really shouldn't be recording today because you might not be able to tell, but I'm sick, the whole house sick. And, you know, the Harris household, we got we got a lot going on today, but it was on my heart to record this episode. I've been thinking about it for a minute. I've really, really wanted to do it. Um, so I was like, you know what? Sick and all, I'm going to come on here today and I'm going to record this episode. And that just really, for me, on a little side note, goes to show just how much I actually really do enjoy you know, recording these podcast episodes, showing up for you guys, um, and just talking about the day in the life or my experience as a black woman. Um, and so, you know, excuse any interruptions that you might hear. Again, my show is about realness. And so you might hear baby fussing. You might hear me clearing my throat, making a little cough or something. You might even hear a car drive by, but you know what? That's real life. Um, I'm not trying to edit out life. You know, life is a blessing and I'm not trying to show up as perfect. I'm just trying to show up. Okay. Um, so before we really jump into the episode, I just want to do a little tiny bit of housekeeping, um, just to kind of update y'all some things and let you know how things are going to be going. So... Once again, I am going to be revamping my podcast. Yes, listen, I know, I know y'all, I done revamped it several times, but (laughs) it's my podcast number one. And you know, this is a journey. So 
I'm planning on making the podcast less structured um, and a little bit more free flow, kind of like how it was in the very, very beginning. For those of you who have been following me for a while and have been listening to my podcast, um, it just was really free flow in the beginning. And I came to this conclusion while like the conclusion of revamping it and kind of going back to the basics um, while re-listening to some of my older episodes because I wanted to listen to some episodes that I did on motherhood. And so I came across one that was really, really early on. And it was so refreshing to hear that very early episode. I think it was like episode 15 or something um, where I talked about miscarriage. Um, but it was just such a good episode to listen to. I didn't have a lot of commercials. Um, it wasn't as scripted. I didn't have like all this stuff that I was trying to include in the episodes. And so it was just really good to hear it like that. It was really free flow. And it was really just me talking and kind of telling a story about my culture and my cultural experiences. And so that is kind of what I'm going to go back to. And if I'm being 150% honest with myself and with you guys, when I listen to other podcasts, I like a very free flow, unscripted, not a bunch of fuss type of podcast. That's what I'm drawn to. That's what I listen to a lot. So I'm just going to go back to to that. And I really hope y'all rock with me as I shift back to my original vibe. Um, and that's just where we're going to be at. Okay. So let's get into today's episode. Um, and just really, once again, we talking about black maternal health. Um, and I was inspired to do this, uh, episode topic because mother's day is coming up in a few days. Now, I really hope that I could edit this podcast and get it out before Mother's Day. But if not, it's going to still be a good episode. So I want y'all to listen, okay? Um, but I digress. But, you know, again, it's this episode is inspired by Mother's Day. And it's also inspired by, of course, like my own personal experience as a Black woman as a, and as a Black mother. Um, so I just want to talk a little bit about my story. Y'all know I can tell a story. Um, and then we'll talk about what we can do to cope um, with the with the issue of black maternal health, because it's really a whole issue. I mean, it really is an issue, black maternal health and black infant health. Those like kind of go hand in hand. Um, and I probably will teeter a little bit on a little bit of infant health when I talk about my story, because that's just kind of natural. But um, it's so much when you combine those two. I'm going to just really focus on black maternal health because I just have a little bit of a a tiny different spin on the maternal health piece. Um, so a few weeks ago, I was really, really thinking about how black maternal health really goes well beyond pregnancy, well beyond labor and delivery, and well beyond that newborn stage that they call the fourth trimester. Like when we really think about black maternal health, I personally think about the pre-pregnancy stage and past that fourth trimester newborn stage. I just think black maternal health is a whole journey. And so if y'all don't know my actual story, like if you are a new listener to my podcast um, or if you've been listening for a while, but not in the really, really early days, 
then you should go back and listen to episode, I really believe it's episode 15. Let me just look real quick. Hold on, y'all. Um, but I really do believe it's episode 15. And I'm going to encourage y'all to go back and look at that episode um, or listen to that episode, should I say. And that is where I talk about, yeah, it's called Miscarriages Are Real. So that is where I talk about miscarriages and my story with miscarriage what I've had to go through to be a mother of not just one blessed no joy, but two. Um, at that time, I only had one baby. And then when I came back on, uh, I think in 2022 is when I shared that I had another baby. Um, or at the beginning of 2020, the middle of 2021, I shared I was pregnant. I don't know, y'all. Listen, go back and listen to the episodes. But anyway, if you don't know my story, um, I have had a total of four miscarriages. I had three before my um, first little blessing of joy. And then I had one in between faith and and grace. So my kids' names are faith and grace. And so um, that in and of itself was a whole journey because, and if we're talking about the pre-pregnancy stage of the struggle with black maternal health, that was really, really a struggle for me and my husband because we were trying so hard to get pregnant. Nobody could understand why I couldn't keep a pregnancy until I got this really, really good specialist. Um, But before I got her, I had these other two specialists who were complete trash and just wasn't validating my experience, wasn't doing a thorough, thorough check Um, of my medical history and what was going on with these pregnancies and just really wanted to throw me in the IVF realm. And there's nothing wrong with IVF. Let me just give a disclaimer about that. Um, If that is how you had to get your blessing of joy, listen, good for you. Um, And I wasn't against IVF, but the fact that these two specialists were trying to throw IVF at me. And then I got a specialist who was like, you actually don't need IVF because you are getting pregnant frequently. The problem is you cannot hold a pregnancy. And so for me, I just felt like the the throwing of IVF was just a cookie cutter recipe um, and a very expensive cookie cutter recipe, by the way. If you don't know about IVF and how expensive it is, just that is a problem. Um, and should be addressed for women who are trying to have kids. And let's not get on the emotional toll that it takes and the physical toll that it takes on your body. Um, And so again, I wasn't being, I wasn't being thoroughly looked at. And so that was a struggle um, for me. And then when we finally got our blessings of joy, after this little fourth trimester, supposedly when your kid gets three months or so, you know, everything, I'm not going to say people are saying everything is great, but it's like, ooh, you've made it through the fourth trimester. And that is some BS, okay? BS. Um, because motherhood is a whole journey. And when you throw in what you have to deal with as a black mother, it is a whole extra uphill battle. Um, I just feel like in general, black women, um, we struggle with... Um, 
socioeconomic status not being equal to others regardless of how hard we're working we have poor health care even if we have quote-unquote good health insurance um, we get poor treatment in the medical system a lot of us fall into this category of unfortunately being single mothers um, regardless of why black women end up being single mothers a lot of us end up in that realm whether it's mass incarceration whether it's just we have higher divorce rates um we just end up in that realm and so as a black mom we are multi-stressed and so for me going through this process of finally having my two kids um because i really didn't want my daughter to be an only child but going through this medical system and like continuously needing to advocate for myself advocate to make sure that my husband was treated right, that I was treated right, that my baby was treated right. That was exhausting. And so when you come down from all of that, plus with everything that flows through your body with the labor and delivery process, it takes a minute to come down off of that. I almost want to say cortisol rush, right? Because you know, cortisol is the stress hormone and it takes a minute to come down off of that and then dealing with the general difficulties of motherhood. And so when I started thinking about, man, I've been through a whole lot as a black mother. Um, and now we are in this pandemic where we are, it's like weird where we're like out of this pandemic, but people acting like COVID don't exist no more, but it still is very much out there. Um, so we still are like in this weird, we kind of isolated, but we not isolated, but we trying to figure out how to social distance. Like that is difficult because for the black community, and I'm sure a lot of communities of color too, um, when we are going through motherhood, community is like key, right? You need to have community in order to make it through this journey of motherhood. And if we are dealing with social distancing, a pandemic that has us um, isolated from one another, that's hella hard, right? When you really, really think about it. Um, And then if you just throw in regular life transitions, I know from personal experience, I've had two really, really good friends of mine just move and like move like out of state, child. They like gone now. You know, we still keep in contact, um, but it's the life of transition where you're not going to, it's not the same when your friends move, like it ain't the same, right? And so that has been a really, really difficult transition during this phase of motherhood. And then just in general, being isolated kind of from the world and from, and socially, I know this time around when I've had grace, I reflect back that when I had faith, we were going to our breastfeeding group. We were going to our little classes. I was still going to my friend's house and hanging out there, Um, you know, going to my mother-in-law's house and hanging out with her, seeing friends and family. But now, like, our class is on Zoom, right? And so that's not, that ain't the vibe. And then when we think about the classes that we are going to when we're slowly coming back into the world and being introduced into the world, um, some of the classes that I go to, Faith and Grace are the only black kids there. And that's a whole issue because then there's no black moms there that I can kind of relate to on a deeper level. Yes, I can relate to them um, on the level of motherhood because that's 
relatable for all women across the board who are mothers. But when it comes to the journey of being a black mother and relating in that sense, that is kind of like null and void. And it's hard to find these days. So it's tough out here. Um, So at the end of the day, I just want to talk about like, how do we deal with this as black mothers, black moms, um, and even maybe a little bit about what some people can do to support black mothers and in making sure that their black maternal health is on point. So we're going to take a commercial break. I'm going to go ahead and get me some water because my throat is dry. Y'all get you a snack, go to the restroom and make sure that you listen to these commercials and I shall be right back. All right, y'all. So I am back. So how do we, um, you know, deal with this this little struggle sometimes that we have as black mothers? And how do we make sure that our black maternal health is on point? Um, And so there's a couple of things I think that are helpful that we can do. Um, And also, y'all, excuse if you hear the baby she kind of snoring I done told y'all we all don't feel good so just like when I had um (laughs) faith grace is sleep on my chest while I'm recording this podcast you might not be able to hear her so I might have just outed myself but just in case you hear a little bit of snoring that's this little seven month blessing of joy that's laying on my chest um but anyway so one thing I think we can do as black mothers um, to protect our maternal health and actually any mother, now that I'm thinking about it, this applies to all of us, um, is self-care, 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 okay? Now I know it sounds cliche um, and it's kind of like, oh, self-care, but listen, that is so true when people say you cannot pour from an empty cup. Like, it is so very true. Um, And so that's why it's important for us to engage in some self-care that we can do for ourselves. And wherever you are in your journey to motherhood or in motherhood, just take care of yourself, sis, because it's needed. And some of the things I do to take care of myself is... I polish my nails. I don't I don't know if I've ever really talked about that here on the podcast. Um, I talk about it in my trainings and I talk about it in my newsletter ever so often. And of course, if y'all are following me on Instagram at Bloom Into Your Best Self, um, you guys get to see sneak peeks here and there of my nails. But that is my ultimate, when I tell you my ultimate self-care, it is is the best thing for me. And that is, that's the self-care thing that I do that makes me so happy on every level. Um, And so I'm going to just detour just a second and kind of talk about why that's so important for me, why it's such a good self-care tool so that you guys can think of some things that ignite that same feeling for you um, while you're on your journey to motherhood. And so really think as I'm talking, like what brings you that joy and why? And for me, polishing my nails brings so much joy because it's so many layers, literally, 
of polishing your nails. It's the prepping of your nails. So the satisfaction of like removing the nail polish, um, seeing it kind of go away. Um, and when I say removing the nail polish, I mean the polish that was on previously and just starting with a clean, fresh slate. Um, and then there is the um, picking a polish. So you pick your color. I look at all these colors that I have. I think of all these combinations that I can do. That in and of itself is mindfulness, right? When you are thinking about something else, you're focused on something else, um, and you're envisioning something else. And then there's the, the, the part of actually polishing my nails, the concentration it takes, um, the ability to just see the polish glide on the nails, see the design that I thought of come to life. And then the stillness, I have to sit still. I can't really do anything else for a good hour, maybe two, um, while my nails dry and you know the design kind of seals itself. And so that whole process for me is really, really soothing. Um, sometimes I play music in the background. Sometimes I watch like a YouTube video or I listen to a podcast. It's just something um, that really can be an all-around self-care um, situation. And as a mom, it's really hard to polish my nails because like I just said, you can't do much for about an hour or two. Um, and so if nail polish is your thing, I would suggest if you're not big on doing it yourself and if you have the financial means, just go and get your nails done and take that moment to yourself. Um, if you don't have the financial means, try and figure out how to polish your nails. That's how I became like an avid nail polisher. Like I've been polishing my nails for about 20 years now and I had started college and I didn't have the money to keep my nails up because my uh, grandma and my mom paid for my nails, of course, throughout high school. Um, so I was a minor. But when I became grown, they was like, listen, if you want to keep this up, you got to do it yourself. And so I didn't have the ability to do it. I had to pick between buying my books, you know, um, or polishing my nails or paying for rent. Um, or getting my nails done. And so even if you don't have the finances, you can figure out how to polish your nails and you can make them look really, really good, ladies. So that could be a self-care for you all. Um, when I am able to do it, I do it late at night right now when both the girls are asleep and I know they'll be asleep for a good period of time. And it sacrifices a little bit of sleep, but I feel really, really good about myself when I wake up in the morning and I look down at my hands and I'm like, oh, I took some time for me. So the point of all of this nail polish conversation is take some time for you, ladies. Engage in self-care. Take care of yourself. Um, some other ideas, some other tips. Um, I braid my hair. So specifically for black women, if you like your hair done, if you like your hair braided, take some time to do your hair. Take a little time to maybe get your hair done. Again, if you don't have the means, you can save a little tiny bit at a time, not necessarily go to Pete's. Y'all know I don't support them other people that everybody support that start with an S. Mm -mm, don't support them because of how they be treating the black folks. But that's a podcast for another day. Um, 
but you know save your money from peach maybe not eat out as much and then before you know it you'll have the funds to get your hair done um go on a walk some free stuff that you can do go on a walk without your kids um and if you are still in the process of waiting to have a child and to be a mother go on a walk to clear your mind to clear your energy to um give yourself space to like really invite life into your womb, right? Um, Listen to some good music if you are still on the path of trying to become a mom. If you are a mom or a mother figure and you have little ones, I suggest when you have a moment in the car by yourself, listen to some inappropriate music. Yep, I said it. I sure did. Listen to some inappropriate music if that's your vibe. If you want to hear some music with a little bit of cussing, with a little bit of inappropriate lyrics, ain't nothing wrong with that. Listen, I listen to inappropriate music when my kids are not in the car, okay? And don't judge me. God is still working on me. I'm still very much a believer in him. But listen, we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, okay? So don't come for me. And if inappropriate music is not your vibe, listen to something that's very adult, like when you are in the car by yourself. Listen to some grown folks stuff. It ain't got to have a bunch of cussing. It ain't got to be vulgar, but it could just be grown and inappropriate. Do that for yourself. You can journal. I think journaling is like one of the best things that you could do for yourself. Um, If you are able, you can get up early, get yourself dressed before the kids wake up. If you are still waiting on your, your blessing, you can still take some time in the morning to just center yourself and get ready. Um, before you do the hustle and bustle of the day. The point that I'm trying to make is whatever floats your boat, whatever you consider self-care, do it for yourself. Do it for yourself separate of your kids. Do it for yourself um, so that when you do have kids and you are blessed with the children, that you have a habit of taking care of yourself. You are basically paving the way for your self-care in the future. Um So again, just do something that you love, whatever that might be. And it doesn't matter if other people think it's self-care. What matters is if you think it's self-care. And again, you know, just giving examples and putting it into context for you guys. For me, this podcast is self-care. Yes, I'm delivering it to you guys and for you guys, but ultimately it's for myself. It's something I really enjoy doing. Um, My newsletter is something that I love to do. I've loved to do it for the past almost six years. It's just something that brings me so much joy. Um, That is definitely a form of self-care for me. It's just something that I do for myself. Um, and it makes me really, really happy. And listen, if y'all ain't checked out my newsletter, you need to go onto my website, www.bloomingtoyourbestself.com. You know, I got to throw in the same shameless plugs. Um, but anyway, so the next thing besides self-care, this is very specific to black women on their journey um, to motherhood. Black women who are already mothers is don't hold it in. We are notorious as black women for really, really trying to keep this, um, like, I want to say facade, but that's not the right word. It's almost like we've bought into this myth that we are strong black women, that we are superheroes, um, that we can hold the world on our shoulders. And that's just 
whack. Like, I'm sorry. Yes, I am a strong woman, but strong women, strong black women, we cry. We get tired. We need to take a break. We need to take moments to ourselves. We need to not necessarily always hear what other people are talking about, what other people are going through, what other people want from us. We don't always need to be there for other people. Okay. And a strong black woman shows up for herself. Okay. It is not a strong black woman that feels like she can cook, she can clean, she can go to work full time or stay home full time with the kids. And then, you know, be the the cleaner, the the nurse, the nurturer. Like we that's not a strong black woman. That's a, a worn down, tired black woman. And so we need to not hold it in. Okay. We need to find somebody that we trust and share what stage we are in, in this journey of black maternal health. I talked to so many of my friends, um, and family members when I was going through my miscarriages. And now, um, with, you know, having two little blessings of joy, um, being really young, a three-year-old and a seven-month-old, I still talk to friends. I talk to family. I name how difficult this is. And at the same time, how much of a blessing this is. I name that. Um, so find somebody that you trust and share the journey that you are in. Um, don't hold it all in. Don't feel like you have to have it all together. And remember that this phase is temporary. Um, I will never forget that I was told by a therapist when I was going through my journey, because I am an advocate for therapy, okay? Just because I'm a therapist don't mean that I don't believe that we should go to therapy just because we therapists. That's a lie, if anybody believe that. So when I was dealing with all my miscarriages and kind of processing what was going on for me, I'll never forget, and this is not everybody's story, but it was mine, and I feel like it is a lot of women when we get to a place of like, I'm kind of done, and we'll see if I have kids. I'll never forget she said that you, this is such a small piece of like your journey, and you're going to look back when you actually have your kids, and you'll be like, oh, wow, I had to go through all of that, and it looks so big in the moment. But it's now going to be so small when you are raising your children. And of course, I was like, girl, bye. Like, I don't want to hear that. That's like not true. That ain't true for me. I done had three miscarriages. I probably ain't going to be nobody's mama. And I I look back and I'm like, oh, like I even have forgotten the physical drain that it took when I had my first daughter um, when I had to take those, um, Lovenox shots, um, I had to do them every single day in my stomach. I hate needles. I'm afraid of needles. And it was so painful. And I did it every single day from the moment I was five weeks pregnant until I was 39 weeks pregnant. So for 34 weeks, I like did that. And at least once a week, I cried. If not every other time my husband gave me the shot. And I was thinking the other day, I was cleaning out something and going through old medicine and I found an old, of course, packaged syringe because I had some leftover doses. And I was like, oh my God, I had to do that. And it just was, I almost forgot. 
So all I'm saying is this is just a phase and the phase is temporary. Even if you are in the unfortunate phase of, I really want to have a kid. Um, I'm not being blessed with a kid. IVF is not working. I'm still having infertility issues or I'm still having miscarriages. When will my time come? Just remember, regardless of the outcome, this particular phase is temporary, which brings me to the next point, which is to advocate, advocate, and advocate. This is, again, specifically for Black women. In the Black maternal health situation, you gotta advocate for yourself. Whether you are trying to become a mom, whether you are uh, are a mother or pregnant, um, whether you're taking your kid to a class, it doesn't matter. You need to advocate, okay? Um, I remember advocating when I was trying to get pregnant the first time and it wasn't working. I had to find a second opinion. And if I hadn't told my uh, primary OBGYN the experience I had with that specialist, I never would have found um, the specialist that I ended up getting. And even the second specialist who was horrible and she was trash also, I still continue to be like, this is not working. I need to see this particular doctor, what is going on. Um, and then when I became pregnant with my second daughter, um, I had a little bit more awareness because they induced me with my first daughter, which they shouldn't have done. That's a whole nother story. Um, but her heart rate dropped. And so I knew like what to kind of expect. And so I, I explained to everybody on my team, I'm a black woman. If I'm telling you that something don't feel right, I need you to listen. If my husband is speaking for me, I need you to listen because there's a reason that he's speaking up for me because we've already had a discussion. And I I didn't know they were, them people was tired of me, but I made sure that I, I named that in every situation with the surgeon, with the anesthesiologist. So you make sure that you advocate for yourself and you advocate for yourself and you advocate for yourself. And let me tell you, I really do think me advocating to that level is what really kept them super vigilant. I advocated so much. I ended up talking to um, the chief, like the head in charge of labor and delivery. I had a video console with her. Um, and I know, I know Kaiser put that in the chart and I know that they saw I talk to her. Um, and I'm glad I did that because after I had Grace, you know, they did a really good job of staying calm, but I feel like I had a lot more bleeding because um, they kept saying, are you feeling lightheaded? Are you weak? And they kept me in the post-op room for recovery much longer than they sh they needed to, to just to make sure that I didn't have any like hemorrhaging or anything like that. And I don't know if that would have happened if I hadn't advocated. So I'm saying advocate. And I'm also saying like when you start taking your kids to these classes, advocate that they have representation. You ain't got to, you know, fall into the stereotype of being an angry black mother, you know, but you can be the persistent black mom. And I'm okay with falling into that stereotype because it's going to be representation with my child. And you're not going to sit up here and box her in and stereotype her if you see that she's behaving a certain way, like, nope, we're not going to do that. And so just make sure that you advocate, you advocate, you advocate. And then the last thing is for all mommies, right? Don't knock your hustle, girl. 
don't knock your hustle. Now, what do I mean by that? I simply mean don't knock what you have done and are doing um, to become a mom or to be the best mom that you can be. I feel like we do a lot of comparing ourselves in society. Like in every stage that we're in, we just fall down the rabbit hole of comparing ourselves. Like, you know, if you've had a miscarriage, don't compare yourself to another woman who you find out had a miscarriage and how she's handling it. Maybe she broke down and and you feel like maybe I should break down or maybe you broke down and she didn't break down and now you're comparing yourself. No, have your journey. Um, Don't compare yourself to a mom who, you know, might be pregnant and she already got a toddler, but she able to cook, clean and run behind her kid while she's pregnant, but you can't. Girl, you carrying a whole life, okay? So everybody carries pregnancies different. Everybody's journey in pregnancy is different don't compare yourself. Um, just don't compare yourself. If you see moms that just had a baby and they getting back into the groove of things, but you feel like you're not in the groove of things, or you see a mom that's slowing down, but you already in the groove of things and maybe you should slow down. Girl, stop. Just do what you are already doing and realize that what you are doing and how you are doing it is enough. Don't knock your hustle, girl, because motherhood, the journey to motherhood, trying to become somebody's mama, already being somebody's mama, girl, that's a whole hustle. It's a whole lifestyle. All of it is a lifestyle. So don't knock it. Okay. So I guess all I'm trying to say (laughs) at the end of the day is whatever stage you are in It's really, really my hope that you will embrace this journey that you are on with Black maternal health um, and that you just just embrace it because it's a journey and each stage is a stage in and of itself and it stands independently. And so remember, you know, regardless of what you're going through, somebody done went through it. Um, And that means that you're not alone. You might feel like you're alone, But just remember, women go through this all the time, right? Women go through miscarriages and infertility all the time. Black women. Women go through um, motherhood struggles and pregnancy struggles all the time. Um, So just remember that this is a journey. You're not alone. And if women have gone through it, that means women have survived it. And and we we are a force to be reckoned with as women, okay? And I'm sorry, but as black women, you know what? No, I ain't sorry. As black women, we are we are more than a force to be reckoned with, with all that has been put on our plate, all that has been thrown our way. We are just we just amazing. And we are black excellence at its finest. That's what we are. So <laughs> that is it for today's episode, y'all. Um, I'm bringing back the cultural tidbit. And in this section, I will just start sticking with the two Black historians that I was including in every episode. I'm just going to name them here in the cultural tidbit at the end of every um, episode. Y'all thought I forgot about them, huh? Because y'all was like, where they at? They not in the commercial. They wasn't at the beginning. Listen, I told y'all I'm trying to make stuff a little bit more free flow. Y'all thought I forgot, but I didn't. No, ma'am. No, sir. So our two black abolitionists for this episode um, is Prince Hall. 
He was um, born in 1735 and he died in 1807. I encourage y'all to go look him up. He did amazing things. And then Reverend Josiah Henson, he was born in 1789 and he died in 1883. Make sure you check them out and see what they did for the culture. Um, don't forget to check out my online store, Bloom Into Your Best Self. Um, you can browse my online store at none other than www.bloomintoyourbestself.com. <laughs> that is where my cultural workbooks, notebooks, online trainings can be found. You can also check out my newsletter there if you haven't already. Um, and you can always find like my current newsletter on my website. If you don't see the current month, again, that's just a reminder that my website developer is still working on um, formatting it and putting it on my website. But you can also catch up on all the other months that's there um, besides the current month. And then check back a few days later. I normally post my newsletters around the 15th of the month. Um, and so that's when they go out in people's email. And that's around the time that they show up on my website. Don't forget to let me know how y'all like this episode today. You could DM me on IG at Bloom Into Your Best Self. You can email me um, at Narissa LMFT, like licensed marriage family therapist at Gmail, or you can leave me a review. Remember, when you leave a review, it really helps people find the podcast. And so together, we can really help people be more culturally aware one episode at a time, one listen at a time. All right. So that is it for today. It felt really good to be back here with y'all and just talking and chatting it up. Until the next time that we chat, I really hope that you do something that'll help you bloom into your best self. And I am very excited to have you come and join me real soon so that you can walk another day in my culture. <laughs>